You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. championship week and my oh my does the nfl have a lot to live up to after last weekend welcome into fantasy football today dfs on thursday january 27th i am frank stanfield joined as always by mike mcclure and sina jad i've got to admit i miss you guys man we're only meeting up once a week nowadays because obviously things are slowing down on the dfs side of things but once we get to the super bowl Super Bowl week, we'll meet up more than once and, and we'll have some fun. Obviously, we'll give out some props and prep you all for DFS as well. Today on the podcast, no surprise, we're breaking down the conference championship slate. Obviously, we've got two games there and we'll also give out our favorite player prop for each game this weekend as well. And we will have my dad's sneaky DFS picks for each game. We've got to start with a victory lap. You might not remember, but I hope you played him because the Don gave out Gabriel Davis as his sneaky pick last week in the Bills Chiefs game. And if you did that, then I have a feeling you might have won quite a bit of money. What's going on, Mike? How you feeling? Big, big win. Big weekend for you and your Kansas City Chiefs. Big weekend for me and the Chiefs. That is correct. Uh, I was very confident heading into that game. I obviously got a little lucky at the end of it, but uh, a game that I don't think anyone that watches the NFL will soon forget. What an incredible weekend. Four walk-off finishes. You don't even get that very often in Major League Baseball where that's like a common thing. We had four walk-off finishes for the first time in the history of the NFL. Crazy. 25 points, I believe it was, in the final two minutes in overtime of that game. It's it's just crazy. It You know, people, we have a tendency, just as humans, to kind of make these hyperbolic statements every time something crazy happens, whether it's real life, sports, whatever it might be. But seriously, that might go down as one of, if not the best football games that we have ever seen uh, in the history of the sport. See what's going on for you. How was last weekend? It was great. Those games were great. Uh, DFS was great. I I cashed in all my contests. We were talking about this pre-show. You know, it's so unfortunate. I jammed in Josh Allen in every lineup. I jammed in the Niners D, which really paid off. And I had, you know, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. The problem was I didn't have Gabriel Davis in any of my lineups. I didn't listen to the Don. And if I had, I honestly think I would have had some outrights because I I comfortably cashed in all these lineups. But, you know, I either had Stephon Diggs or I had Dawson Knox or, you know, some iteration that wasn't Gabriel Davis. So, I just my apologies to the Don because I need to start listening to you. But yeah, exciting games. I think we're going to have some exciting games coming up. There's certainly going to be no shortage of points. And I guess that's what we're here to talk about. Who's going to get those points? Yeah, let's figure it out. The Don, by the way, look, he doesn't always hit, but when he hits, he hits big. So let's let's see who he's got later on in the podcast. And I've got to start out with an apology. I messed up. This one's on me. I had a lot going on last week, packing, getting ready, bachelor party, went out to New Orleans last week, still kind of recovering. My voice is is trying to get back here. New Orleans is a crazy place, man. Crazy fun, but like, take it easy. Don't, Don't do what I did in New Orleans. It's just, it's a crazy place. Anyway. I messed up in our contest last week. Our FFT DFS contest was a 50-50. So for those who finished in the top 10, the top 15, top 20, uh, well, top 15, actually, 
apologies because obviously you would have came back with a, a bigger chunk of change. That's on me. My bad. If you want to hate me, send me some hate mail. I'm all about it. I deserve it. We will have another contest this week. I've already made it. Made sure top 15 gets paid out $5 to enter the podcast. Uh, the Link will be in the podcast and the YouTube description. Let's jump right into the first game. And heavy hitter. We get a rematch. The Bengals at the Chiefs Sunday at 3.05 Eastern time. The Chiefs are seven-point favorites with a 54.5 point total. All odds come via Caesar Sportsbook. These two teams met back in Week 17. The Bengals won that game 34-31. to some officiating involved in that game, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Perfect weather as of now, looking pretty good. 45 degrees, three mile per hour wind, so nothing too crazy going on there in Kansas City. For the Bengals, Joe Burrow and T. Higgins, full participants in practice on Thursday. For the Chiefs, Darrell Williams was limited on Thursday. Tyron Matthew and Rashad Fenton returned to full practice, so could be a nice little boost there to the Kansas City Chiefs defense. And the playoff started. Mike and the Chiefs just flipped a switch. This is the Chiefs offense that we were playing every single week in DFS during the regular season. Everyone's freaking out. What's going on? Patrick Mahomes, cover two. They figured out the Chiefs offense and then boom, the playoffs just started and, and they're back. Uh, I think the only question really for this weekend, Mike, is how many Chiefs is too many Chiefs because we're talking beforehand and it's really the way the slate is setting up on DraftKings it's, a, it's set up in a way that you can get all of them in your lineup. Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Byron Pringle, the running backs. But whatever you want to do, the question is, how many is too many, Mike? Well, I only have that answer for you on one of the two sites. On FanDuel, five is too many because they don't allow it. Four is the maximum, so that's how many I'll be playing over there. Uh, but on DraftKings, I will have four almost in every single lineup. Uh, there will be a lineup with five, maybe six if you count the defense, which I'm still considering. Uh, on obviously a very short slate. So uh, short answer, you, you need some Chiefs in your lineup. Uh, as far as how many, uh, I will definitely be overweight to the field. Yeah, the highest implied total on the slate goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. They are currently projected for 31 points in this game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Tyreek Hill coming off a massive game, uh, 11 catches and 150 yards were both his most since week 15. Byron Pringle, if you want to play him, he's affordable, 4,300. He has seven plus targets in three straight games. Travis Kelsey, all of a sudden, six touchdowns over his last five, 96 plus yards in back-to-back -back games, 96 or more yards in five straight playoff games. So getting it done when it matters most. See, what is your favorite way to stack the Kansas City Chiefs in this spot? So I'll tell you, most of my stack, let's say I'm building four lineups. Uh, no, let's say I'm building five. Three are actually going to be Cincinnati stacks, just to be a little different. And, and I, I'm operating under a theory. I know we'll get to this. I'm operating under a theory that it is, of course, going to be a negative game script for the Cincinnati Bengals and that they're going to be able to move the ball pretty effectively. So I just want, kind of want to start off with that premise. But yeah, I mean, you're going to be able to do kind of what you want here. I played a lot of McKinnon last week. It looks like Daryl Williams may be back in practice, but I can't imagine he's going to be a factor. I do think so Chief disagrees with me, and he thinks Daryl Williams is going to be a factor. Look, whenever you start talking about playing Bengals stacks, Chief's not a fan. See, come on, man. I know. Remember when Mike <laughs> brought up Stefan Diggs last week and Chief started barking? That's so, right. 
you know, I do think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to get worked in on early downs, maybe more than people want him to. Um, but I, McKinnon is certainly in play. He looks like clearly the more dynamic back, really, of anybody in that backfield. Tyreek Hill, Byron Pringle, Travis Kelsey. Obviously, those are like the big receivers. Ty, uh, um, Pringle's just getting a lot of looks. He's only 4300 Again, priced down. Not only is he getting a lot of looks, uh, he's lining up in, in favorable spots. He's, he is lining up in the slot quite a bit. And he's getting some of the red zone looks, too. Over the last few games, he's been getting some of those looks. So I, I love Pringle as a pay down option. I'm not really interested in McCole Hardman or Demarcus Robinson. And if I have to choose between between Tra- Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, which I'll often have to do, I think, because merely because I'm going to be playing probably more Cincinnati than most people, I think I'm going to be choosing Travis Kelsey over Tyreek Hill if I have to make that decision. More power to you if you want to try to get both of those guys in your lineups with Mahomes. It, it's going to be doable. But yeah, I, Patrick Mahomes with Tyreek and Kelsey, if, if you're only choosing one, give me Kelsey in that spot. And then I can pair Kelsey with Byron Pringle and just hope Byron Pringle gets some of that maybe touchdown equity and maybe some of the yards that we'd expect Tyreek Hill to eat up. Yeah, during the playoffs, Byron Pringle has an 18% target share. And if you look at the routes run from last week, only three Kansas City Chiefs were over 40 routes run in that game. Tyreek Hill, Byron Pringle, and Travis Kelsey. So he's on the field, and he's running a lot of routes for those Kansas City Chiefs. Mike, I'm going to throw it back your way here. We get the news that Darrell Williams is limited in practice. What happens if he's active for this game? What happens if all three running backs are active for this game? Do you do you still think that Jarek McKinnon sees the lion's share of the work in the backfield for them? I do. I think it'll be Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, I don't expect a lot of Daryl Williams, even if he is activated. Uh, McKinnon has played well enough uh, in the last few weeks. He's definitely earned some trust, some respect, and he's earned those reps, in my opinion. So I'll be operating as if he will have at least a 50-50 timeshare with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. The thing that we also have to keep in mind when we're wanting to play guys like that is the player pool was cut in half this week, right? It's literally a two-game slate. There's not many options. Um, So for me, you know, I think some of that risk that would normally be there, you can kind of feel comfortable taking it just because there are so few options to plug and play on the slate. But Jarek McKinnon, for me, is the top back until we hear otherwise. Jarek McKinnon, 15-plus touches in back-to-back games, 74% of the snaps over the past two weeks as well. He is $5,100, $200 less than Clyde Edwards-Elair over on DraftKings. Before we get into Joe Burrow and the passing attack for the Bengals, we've already kind of touched on them a little bit, but uh, let's just start up top with Joe Mixon, who has struggled recently as a rusher, but has been much more involved as a receiver. Uh, He has a 17% target share over their last four games, and he has four-plus receptions in each of those. Kansas City actually struggles with pass-catching running backs. They allow the fourth-most receptions per game, third-most receiving yards to running backs. So, Sia, what are you thinking about Joe Mixon, the highest-priced running back on the slate up at 6,800? So I think Mixon is interesting for a couple of reasons. One is because of the stats you just laid out and, and how susceptible that Kansas City defense might be to, to uh, pass-catching running backs. And, and by the way, the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs are probably going to have a pretty good pass rush against the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, we saw what their offensive line looked like against the Titans. We know Kansas City can produce a pass rush. So getting the ball out early is going to be not on every single play, but it's definitely going to be a priority for Burrow. And that might include dump downs to to Burrow or you know quick passes to, to some of these receivers or tight end C.J. Uzama. So uh, I think Mixon's in line for a, a good game from a pass catching standpoint. And I think the other thing that I like about Mixon this week is the way people are going to construct their lineups. 
I, listen, everybody's going to be popular. It's a two-game slate. But relative to like Cam Akers, who's only 5000 or Jarek McKinnon, who's 5100 all very good, reasonable prices, I think people are going to be looking to play those guys just because it's so much less expensive than Joe Mixon. And the reality is Mixon could outproduce both of those guys pretty easily. I'm not saying he's going to, but just from a, a target standpoint and, and just a, a narrow rushing attempt standpoint what i mean is opportunity really it's it's mixing in that backfield it, there's not much samaj p ryan or chris evans whereas you could at least make the argument in the other backfields that there's other people in play even with san francisco we don't know how healthy elijah mitchell is and we know debo gets some carries too so this is a very concentrated rushing attempt share and i think you're going to get a little different by playing mixing and if you want to play him with burrow that certainly makes sense you can play him with burrow you can play him with one or two of the receivers on this two-game slate, so you can have like four Bengals in there right there. What you're going to have to do if you do that is sacrifice probably a big-time receiver, whether you're trying to play Cooper Cup or Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey. You're clearly not going to be able to do all those things, or Jamar Chase for that matter, if you are including Joe Mixon in your lineup. So it's just a little, you know, you, you're gonna, there's some give and take there for sure. Yeah, I was building out a lineup beforehand, and it included Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Jamar Chase, also had Joe Mixon in the lineup, but then at that point, you don't have Cooper Cup. So you have to realize, all right, what's what's the give and take here? What am I sacrificing in order to get the highest price running back in your lineup uh, on this slate? Mike, how are you feeling about Joe Mixon? If you are looking to play him, would you do you want to play him with Joe Burrow? Does it not matter? Can you play him alone? What are you thinking? I like Mixon. Uh, Mixon's the reason why I was able to win last week, basically. I played a ton of Joe Mixon. I have Aaron Jones as well. Just those expensive running backs that get different, create different builds. Um, I think this projects as a very similar week. Uh, I think it's all going to come through the air. I think the most interesting thing, too, looking at it, I played his player prop last week, 19 and a half receiving yards. This week, the number is up to 27 and a half. That's a 41% increase from week to week. That's a huge deal on a running back on a number like this. Uh, but that's how I'm going to be looking to attack him. I like uh, using him in the passing game. So while we're focused mostly on DraftKings here, I do think that that's where I want to play him. As far as pairing him with Joe Burrow, I think that's fine. But I'm actually more likely to pair him in Patrick Mahomes lineups because I think where his true upside will come from is in those game scripts where they're truly trailing, which is likely because Mahomes is playing well. Um, the other thing that I think I should say about this too is you don't have to choose between Mixon, Akers, and McKinnon, should we think that it's truly a McKinnon slate, you can play all three with the flex spot because that's certainly going to be different with the amount of pass catchers that we have on the slate. Just think about those little ways that you can get different. But as far as pairing him with Burrow, I don't think that that's necessary. But I do want to play him in some capacity because he is the only running back, in my opinion, that has a legitimate probability of being the top overall scorer on the slate. Kent Frank, can I just butt in real quick because a little cross promotion here for the early edge um, at Sportsline. Please subscribe to that if you, you if you haven't already on YouTube and, and various other outlets. The reason I bring it up is because Mike gave out that prop, the 19 and a half over over of the 19 and a half receiving yards for Joe Mixon on the early edge, the, the live show that the early edge does, you know, for really all of the playoff games. And that literally hit on the first play that Cincinnati ran, I believe. And he got 20 yards on the first play, and you already had that prop in your bank um, one minute into the game, or at least one minute into the Cincinnati Bengals' first possession. So good job, Mike, there. Yeah, absolutely. I remember scrolling through Twitter, a little intoxicated while watching a game, uh, and I saw Mike. I was like, 
Go, Mike. There you go. He hit it first play of the game. That's awesome. Uh, let's look at the the Bengals passing attack in terms of stacking in this spot. Mike, come back to you off for this one. We remember what happened back in week 17. Joe Burrow, 446 yards and four touchdowns. Jamar Chase, monster game. 11 catches, 266 yards, three touchdowns. Burrow, the second highest priced quarterback on the slate. Jamar Chase, the fourth highest priced wide receiver. I think if you're stacking the Bengals side, it obviously starts with those two, but what? how do you build it out from there? Do you want T. Higgins? Do you want C.J. Uzama? Do you also want Joe Mixon as part of that stack? Uh, if I'm looking to stack the Cincinnati side, yeah, I mean, it starts and ends with Burrow to Chase as the, the primary option. Uh, I think everyone knows that. Chase on this slate is also just super affordable. Uh, you know, we're used to seeing him where it's harder to get him in. The pricing is so soft that you can play pretty much anyone that you want in these lineups. So he's going to be popular. I like him. Uh, if I'm going to play those two though, I really do want to triple stack it. So for me, it would be Higgins, Chase, Burrow. And then the third option is either going to be Mixon or Uzama. Um, I suppose you could get all four if you really wanted the quadruple stack. I prefer the quadruple stack on the Kansas City side just a little bit more personally because I think their targets are, even though we know it's Kelsey and Hill, I still think their targets are more spread out in terms of having that third and fourth option. Uh, so for me, my primary builds are going to have Higgins, Chase, and Uzama. Um, I will have a secondary build with Mixon, but if I play Mixon, I'm not going to play someone like CJ Uzama in the Mixon build. All right, see ya. You've already talked about how you are looking at the Bengals as one of your primary stacks this week, and I think it makes a lot of sense given the total in this game, the fact that they're expected to be chasing points, and obviously just remembering what they did back in Week 17. I mean, it's hard to get that out of your head. That that type of upside is is uh, it's obviously hard to find on a two-game slate. So how are you looking to stack the Cincinnati Bengals? Are you cool running out the dual tight end strategy when we get Travis Kelsey and C.J. Uzama in the same game? Yeah, I'm okay with that, but I'll tell you, I mean, I also like Tyler Higby, and there's there's more than a couple tight ends, so if you want to run two tight ends, I, I, I'm absolutely down with it. Just just know that there's four tight ends you could play, because George Kittle is going to have a nice matchup against predominantly zone defense as well. So two tight ends I absolutely love to get different. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be my primary build, but it's definitely in play. Listen, I love Joe Burrow against this Kansas City defense. Yeah, they're going to produce a pass rush, but I don't think they can cover this receiver core. And yeah. and that's why I think you're going to see a, a quite a bit of back and forth here from a scoring standpoint. I think Cincinnati is probably going to overcome their implied total of what I'm looking at now as, as just a hair under 24 Listen, if I'm stacking this game, Tyler Boyd might be involved here. I think in terms of a weak spot for the Kansas City secondary, it's one of the weak spots is certainly the slot corner. So I think Tyler Boyd, who who certainly doesn't get a lot of the high value targets that T. Higgins and Jamar Chase get, I definitely think he's in play here. So I think you could really kind of mix and match. My primary build, because I won't be able to afford Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, it likely will be burrow with one of those two guys likely chase and maybe boyd and then maybe i mix in no pun intended uh, joe mixon as well or you know cj uzama but i, I do I, I guess really what i'm trying to say here is this is a pretty concentrated target share at least relative to kansas city there's probably one less receiver to worry about because it really is jamar chase t higgins tyler boyd and cj uzama i guess you can add joe mixon into that but the point is i think boyd could have a pretty good game at, at his price at 4200 I mean, you don't really need much. You just need him to get loose like he did a few games ago and get in the end zone, and then boom, he's not only met his value, he's absolutely crushed it. And in a game like this, I think it's somebody to point out. But yeah, my stack's going to be Burrow to Chase, 
and one of two of Boyd or Uzama, and I might get Joe Mixon into that mix as well. All right, so it's one of two of Boyd and Uzama for Sia here, but man, I just built out a lineup that has both of them in it, and it allows you to, to do some interesting things. It's uh, Burrow, Akers, McKinnon, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, so you get a bunch of that game. CJ Uzama at tight end, Cooper Cup in the flex, and then you got the Rams defense as well, so uh, that uses up all the salary here, and I think getting Tyler Boyd in your lineup is probably going to be uh, pretty different here in this spot. Anything else that we want to add to this game, maybe talk about the defense Mike do you have a lean here uh, I mean I like the Kansas City defense quite a bit in this one to be honest with you uh, just we've we saw we watched Joe Burrow get sacked right a ton of times against uh, Tennessee I don't think that there's much of a difference between the defensive line uh, at this point in the season between Tennessee and Kansas City I think they'll be able to put pressure on him I think the most impressive thing about Joe Burrow so far all the sacks all the hits he's taken he hasn't turned the ball over really yet but I say yet there's a, mm-hmm. at some point in his career, it probably will come. Uh, and then the other thing I want to talk about too, Mr. Bill Vinovich is the referee for this game. It is not the normal crew that he has. It is, he is the head referee. It's not his normal crew, but he is the head referee. He has called the fewest penalties in the NFL. The referee in the Rams game called the most penalties in the NFL this season, a significant difference in penalty yards. Uh, I'll have to go back up and look at the exact number, but I want to say it's like a thousand some yards uh, difference in penalty yards between the two. If you remember the Cincinnati Kansas city games, Kansas city did not touch the football for the final six minutes of the game. They had four defensive pass interference calls, uh, three of them against the same player, Legereus Sneed. If Cincinnati is unable to benefit from any of those calls in this game and Kansas City is able to put the pressure on them, I could see a defensive score from Kansas City. I could see the sacks racking up. Um, I just think that it's within the range of outcomes, and I know for a fact that the majority of DFS players are going to be looking to that LA Rams and 49ers game, which is projected to be tighter, lower scoring. That's where they're likely to look for their defenses as all the defenses are bunched in salary here this week. So I'm definitely going to be playing the Chiefs defense here, hoping that Burrow finally commits one of those turnovers under pressure. Frank, can I ask Mike a question? Would you, again, this is a two-game slate. We can kind of get different, just like we can with a four-game slate. Would you be okay playing the Kansas City defense against the Joe Burrow stack? Absolutely. So my Kansas City, I don't I don't have it against Burrow because I'm playing 100% Mahomes personally. Mm-hmm. But if I were playing Burrow, I would. Um, my primary lineup that has the Chiefs defense, though, has T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and C.J. Uzama in that lineup. Uh, just I, I think that they'll still get there through sheer volume in terms of PPR points. Uh, again, keeping in mind that if Kansas City's defense is able to score, it likely still puts those receivers in a good spot to be racking up receptions and yardage. Yep. It's, it's a weird thing to say, too, but I kind of feel like it's almost correlated too, Mike, because if the Bengals are playing from behind, that allows for more opportunities for sacks, turnovers, and obviously that's Correct. the Chiefs defense there. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it makes a ton of sense. They are the second highest priced defense on the slate. They are priced at 3K over on DraftKings. Yeah, one more note on that, too. If you're someone who uses an optimizer, which not all of us do, but there's still a significant chunk of the field that does. And most optimizers by default don't allow you to play players against your defense. So when you're looking at median projections, and if they do, they might have it defaulting to one player versus your defense. So when you're looking at median projections, we know that this Kansas City-Cincinnati game is going to be a higher scoring game. The players are going to have better projections. Therefore, it's probably going to give you Cam Akers. If it gives you Cam Akers, it's likely to spit out the Rams defense 
or the 49ers defense if it allows you to have one. So my recommendation is if you're using an optimizer, I set my settings to allow four players against my defense in a small two-game slate like this just because not a lot of people will do, and it naturally gives you some lineup combinations that can be more unique in some of those big tournaments. All righty, you heard it there. From Mikey, the Don Sneaky Pick to wrap up this game, Byron Pringle, 4,300. Let's see if we can get another big performance out of the Don and Brian Pringle. Uh, all right, favorite player prop for this game. Let's uh, let's wrap it up here. I'll start it off. Uh, start us off. Joe Mixon. I am going over 28 and a half receiving yards. Mike, I know you cashed on the first play of the game. This was 27 and a half. Every book that I'm allowed to bet at, it's already up to 28 and a half. So I'm pretty, pretty, pretty bummed about that because he's hit over 27 and a half four games in a row. One of those games was 28 receiving yards. So I hope that doesn't happen again, but I like the involvement and the fact that the Chiefs struggle against pass catching running back. So I'm going over 28 and a half receiving yards for Joe Mixon. See, what do you have for a prop in this game? So I'm debating between two and in side note, another bit of cross promotion. I will be on the early edge tomorrow with uh, Jonathan Coachman and Dave Richard uh, early in the afternoon to give out some some actual prop plays for both of these games. I'll be a little bit probably more prepared there. There's two that I'm debating. So I'll just say the the two that I'm debating and then I'm going to pick one right after Joe Burrow over 287 and a half passing yards. I don't think I really need to explain that one. Uh, I definitely think in a negative game script, you know, like with this receiver core, I think he's going to be able to kind of pick and choose as the game goes by as long as he's not getting sacked. Uh, And then the other one I'm thinking of is longest completion Burrow for Burrow over 39 and a half. Uh, Again, I just think against this defense there in, I'm not trying to discredit the defense. It's more the secondary versus these receivers. I just think guys like T Higgins and Jamar chase are going to get loose. I don't think hitting the 40 yard marker is going to be a huge deal over four quarters. So actually that's the one I'm going to go with. I'm going to say Joe Burrow's longest completion over 39 and a half yards. All right, Mikey, you got a player prop you like in this game? Yeah, it's Travis Kelsey. Uh, I played this one early this week at 72 and a half. It is all the way up to 76 and a half right now. It's probably going to close 78. Uh, if you're betting overs, do them as soon as you possibly can because books will shade them three to four yards to the over because everyone likes to bet overs. Uh, so by the time game day rolls around. But yeah, I'm leading Travis Kelsey over on the yards. I lean over on Joe Mixon as well, but uh, – when I play Mixon like that, I'm mostly going to be looking to play it in game, um, making sure that we're getting a game script that's going to be for sure conducive to him catching passes. All right. Yeah, it's a good matchup for Travis Kelsey, too. The Bengals have struggled against tight end. So I like that call quite a bit. The other one I was looking at was CJ Uzama. His number, I keep seeing it at 35 and a half. It's, it's slowly creeping up there, but his involvement, 18% target share since week 13, it's been there. And, and they're using him even more in the postseason. So uh, I do like CJ Uzama quite a bit as well. We're going to hit a quick break. Just a reminder, if you want to play against CM Mike and myself, you can do so. The link is in the podcast in the YouTube description. $5 to enter our DraftKings contest. This weekend i apologize we're going to take a quick break when we return we are going to hop over to the 49ers and rams game here on fantasy football today dfs robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need robert half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary ai to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? 
And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, so let's do it. The 49ers are at the Rams. This game will start off 6.40 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. The Rams are three and a half point favorites with a 46 point total. And again, these odds come via Caesar Sportsbook. These teams met twice during the regular season. The 49ers won both games, 31-10 to back in Week 10. They also won 27-24 back in Week 18. A very pivotal Week 18 for those San Francisco 49ers. Beautiful weather out in L.A., no surprise there. 70 degrees for this game. And for the 49ers, Debo Samuel not on the injury report as of Thursday. Left tackle Trent Williams did not practice on Thursday for the Rams. Sounds like offensive lineman Andrew Whitworth, their defensive tackle Greg Gaines, and Van Jefferson all practiced in some capacity on Thursday. It sounds like they're going to be given a limited tag. We'll see what happens with those guys. Safety Taylor Rapp was out with the position group as he works through concussion protocol, so another questionable player there for the Rams. Last week, we talked about Cam Akers, and we knew he was taking over, but really like this? 81% of the snaps last week, 27 touches. That is quite a bit for Akers, but now we kind of have uh, another variable in this equation because he fumbled the ball two times. So I don't know if that kind of, you know, forces them to take a step back with Cam Akers, whatever it might be. See, how are you feeling about him? He's 5K and obviously looks like one of the best value running backs on the site. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of him this week. I, I think the 49ers front is going to be really effective against the Rams rushing game. I think this is probably going to be a game that's going to be in Stafford's hands just like it was last week. With that said, he's super affordable. So, you know, depending on your lineup and, and, I say that knowing that everybody's going to think that as well. Like people are going to want to build around the receivers, which totally makes sense. And then they're going to want to take a couple of cheap running backs like your Jarek McKinnons or your your Cam Akers. So I I just want to say that to kind of keep that in mind when everybody listening, when you're building your lineups, that's probably going to be a go-to because of the touches that Cam Akers is getting. I agree with you, Frank. I think it's, it's a little strange right now with Cam Akers for, well, First of all, the fact that he's even playing is strange. Okay, let's like it's really actually incredible in terms of modern medicine and how his body specifically rebounded to that Achilles injury. But more importantly, he fumbled twice, like at critical junctures. Like, are they going to trust him? Not just with the majority of the carries. I think the answer there is yes. But what about near the goal line? I mean, he had a critical fumble at the end of the first half, and then he had a fumble in the second half. But like, it is. I mean, Sony Michelle does Daryl Henderson get in this game? I I. I'm not 100% sure that Cam Akers gets those carries. And again, with San Francisco's defense being so good against the run, I'm just not sure I want to go there. So I'll go there if I have to because of my lineup construction, but I prefer to pivot to other running backs. 
yeah, the 49ers defense has been amazing against the run. 3.53 yards per carry allowed to running backs. That includes the regular and the postseason. That was the best in the NFL. So a tough matchup here for Cam Akers. Mike, how are you feeling about him here? Obviously, if he's getting the workload that he got last week, I really don't care about the matchup because obviously workload is everything. But, you know, with the fumbles, maybe they 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 rein him back in a little bit. How are you feeling about Cam Akers? Yeah, I think that they could definitely rein him back in a little bit, but I also think that uh, they could definitely throw Sonny Michelle back in there. Like, I definitely think there's some risk to it. So I know one thing that I will be doing is if I do end up playing Cam Akers, I will hedge it to some extent. And to that extent, I will be taking the under on his rushing yards. I know we're not getting to the prop yet, but this prop is listed at 63 and a half currently. Uh, I like this one all the way down to 58. Um, I, I just I think that the 49ers defense is good enough. I think they're going to put an emphasis on throwing the football still to Cooper Cup. I just think there's all sorts of scenarios that the under can come in here, uh, including him losing some of his market share. So I like the under in Cam Akers. I still might end up playing him in DFS just because of the price point, though. All right, let's move over to the passing attack for the Rams and like the Bengals, it starts with the main two here, Stafford and Cooper Cup. Stafford, 6300 on DK, the third highest priced quarterback. Cooper Cup, far and away, the highest priced wide receiver at 8800 and rightfully so, the way that he's played in the postseason and just the way that he's played all season long. The guy is just absolutely ridiculous. See, are you looking to stack the Rams together, Stafford and Cup, or are we just looking at Cup as a one-off? You know, for stacking Stafford, do we want someone like Beckham or Tyler Higby in that lineup as well? What are you doing with the Rams passing attack? So I'm probably not stacking Cup with Stafford because my attention, just like last week, is going to be focused on the Kansas City game. I think Cooper Cup is a great one-off if, if you can do it. I mean, it, what's interesting about Cooper Cup, especially over the last few games, is he hasn't exactly started off really well. The, the big chunk of the nine receptions, 183 yards and a, and a touchdown really came at the very end of that game against Tampa. So there are scenarios, uh, especially against the, the Niners defense, where he just doesn't get there for you. But if I can fit him into a lineup construction, like, again, I'm probably making around five lineups. He'll probably be in a couple of them. But I'd really probably prefer to, if I'm going to grab some of this game, I'd probably prefer to pivot off of him and grab like an Odell Beckham or a Tyler Higby, and then just load up on the other game. So yes, I'd like a share of Cooper Cup, but I'm also in a two-game slate willing to take the chance on other receivers in this game, namely Odell Beckham and maybe Tyler Higby. I, I just like, but I just like what Odell Beckham has been doing lately, and I think he's getting better and better and getting more integrated in the offense as each week goes by. They're clearly concentrating on getting him the ball specifically early. Last week, six catches for 69 yards. It probably could have been more. 22% target share in the playoffs. Um, I just like where he's at. And that's, by the way, spoiler alert, probably the prop I'm going to give out in a few minutes as well. All right, Mike, how are you feeling about the Rams passing attack here? Obviously, Cup is amazing. It's just the price now, 8800 on a two-game slate, it's really becoming a little prohibitive. So if you, you play him, you're really going to have to find some value plays, maybe play those cheaper tight ends. By the way, Tyler Higby is one of those, 3700 He's got a 22% target share since returning back in Week 16. He has really, really been involved. He had an awesome game the last time they played the 49ers as well. So how are you think? Uh, how are you feeling about the Rams passing attack? 
Yeah, look, I don't feel good about fading Cooper Cup. I don't think anyone ever does. Um, I'm going to elect to play Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Jamar Chase mostly over him. Uh, I'll be mixing in Odell Beckham quite a bit, just like C has talked about. I think Tyler Higby is probably the most interesting leverage point of the, uh, the entire slate to be honest with you. And the reason why is because the game is the second game of the slate. He's $300 more than CJ Uzama. Most people are probably still going to want to play Travis Kelsey. So that decision between the two of Higby versus CJ Uzama, I think is going to play a really large role in determining obviously who cashes in some of these DFS contests. I do like Tyler Higby. Um, it's, I haven't made up my mind exactly how far I'm going in on Tyler Higby just yet, but I do like him here at 3,700. Um, I just see them potentially getting into situations where they acres has fumbled the ball, right? I think this game could be very competitive at times. If it does, I think Higby might have to be another safety valve here for Matthew Stafford. Um, so I like him a lot. I like Odell Beckham. I'm not playing a ton of Cooper cup. Um, if I do, I'm not stacking Matthew Stafford with them. Um, I'm pretty much all in on Patrick Mahomes uh, just because I I think that he has a super high rushing floor as well. I know we didn't talk about that much in the other game, uh, but I think he does. And I think it's super important on this slate. So I like Cooper cup. I just, I can't get there as much as I want to. And because I can't get there as much as I want to, the only thing that I can do that makes sense is to go play a lot of Higby and Odell Beckham. Mike, say it with me. Fade Cooper cup at your own risk, man. But this might be the slate where, All right, I'll let it slide. I'll let you fade Cooper Cup just this one time. On the San Francisco side of things, Jimmy G, by far the cheapest quarterback on the slate. He's 5,400. I don't think that we want to play Jimmy G. He obviously possesses the lowest ceiling on the slate, but see, you know, if you're playing a bunch of lineups, I'm sure, you know, one of them will have Jimmy G in it. But, you know, if we're playing five, six, seven lineups, probably not going to get there with him. No, I'm sure none of them will have Jimmy G, even if I'm playing 100 lineups. And that's no disrespect to Jimmy G, even though that sounds super disrespectful. It's just that there's just no reason. I mean, other than just being super contrarian, you can get contrarian with Matt Stafford because, frankly, he's not going to carry a lot of ownership relative to the quarterbacks in that other game. So if I'm going to get contrarian, it's going to be on the Stafford side, not on the uh, the San Francisco side. Um, with that said, I mean, J- Jimmy G might have an, an OK time passing the ball against the Rams D. Obviously, they're going to be focused on the rush but I do think some of his receiver options particularly Debo and George Kittle um, particularly against the the predominant zone that the Rams play I think those two will be effective the problem is I'm not 100% sure how many targets those guys are going to get like even with Tyler Higby I think we can kind of and and Odell Beckham I think we can kind of guarantee a certain number of targets uh, you know these days we can't necessarily guarantee that with with your with your Debo's and your George Kittles of the world however we can't really look at last game as a barometer for that, considering the conditions Mm -hmm. and um, the conditions will be great at SoFi. So that does, I think, I think the arrow is up a little bit for Jimmy G just because of that. Honestly, Mike, I feel like Debo Samuel is maybe the most interesting player on the slate. He's 7,200. He's $200 more than Tyreek Hill. The involvement has been there more so on the ground. He only has seven targets over the last two games, but he has 10 carries in each of those games. And you look at how he played against the Rams this season. He had monster games, 133 total yards, two touchdowns in week 10, 140 total yards, and one touchdown back in week 18. Mike, what do we do with Debo Samuel? 
Yeah, Debo is interesting here. Um, again, last week playing him, I mean, fading him helped me out a ton. Uh, I think I'll be back to the side that wants to play him a little bit this week. Uh, I think in this particular matchup, he's less touchdown dependent than he was in that other one. Um, and the reason I say that is I, I expect him just to absolutely crush against the zone. Um, I, I expect him to find the holes. I expect a little more passing volume for him um, in this particular matchup. And I think that that's what we'll see here. Look, it's it's do or die, obviously, as it has been for them. They're going to put the football in his hands. And, and the thing that we could say about that Packers game, which is always important to separate real life from DFS, he was awesome in that Packers game. He didn't have a great fantasy score at 11.3 points, but he made all of the biggest plays at the right times to extend the drive and do the things that he needed to do. And he was fantastic. Um, so I look, I think he's a great play this week. Um, I, as far as getting there again, it's the, the problem is, is do I like him enough with his touchdown dependency to try and play him over Tyreek over Jamar Chase, like it really just comes down to where you are on that side of things. Uh, I'll be sprinkling them in, but it's going to be a lot like the the, the Cooper Cup situation. Uh, obviously not stacking them with Jimmy G. If I'm playing them, it's going to be a lineup where I've got Odo Beckham or Tyler Higby or both. Uh, and mostly just going to be playing on hoping that game is a, a little higher scoring than we think it is right now. Mike, how do you feel about Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle? They're both 5K. The 49ers have the lowest implied total on the slate at 21.25. I like George Kittle. Um, I can't quite justify Ayuk. I mean, look, I think Ayuk is the guy that could make it happen. Like, he could have the big game. Not huge like Gabriel Davis did that that no one's going to play, really. But uh, I like Kittle. I like Kittle quite a bit. And the reason I like Kittle is because there are obvious tight end plays, right? So it's going to create some natural leverage there. I love pairing George Kittle and Travis Kelsey together, uh, playing both of them using the flex spot. It's not going to be a popular build just because of the price points um, and Uzama and Higby being so cheap. So I do like them. Same kind of story there, though. If I make that move, I'm going to be playing Odo Beckham in the lineup and having a bring back on the other side for sure. See, let's talk a little bit about Elijah Mitchell. He is 5,900 in this spot, the second highest priced running back on the slate, and he's getting a ton of work. The problem, <clears throat> like Cam Akers, tough matchup here. The Rams allowing just 3.7 yards per carry to running backs this year, the third fewest in the NFL. What do you think about Mitchell? Yeah, I don't love it, especially since he doesn't catch a lot of passes either. Um, and I think, I, I you might have said this, I think Jeff Wilson might be back for this game. I, I, I think... I don't know that that matters, but I am a little worried about Elijah Mitchell's health as well. I think, you know, as far as, you know, being limited in practices, it looks like they're just managing his reps and that totally makes sense. But, you know, there was a lot of guys banged up last week in this, in this 49ers offense in particular. So again, if I'm going to be like, I think Elijah will be kind of contrarian, but I also think Mixon might be a little contrarian. So I'd rather just pay up for Joe Mixon as opposed to uh, paying down for Elijah Mitchell, who again is not going to get the passing work that a guy like Joe Mixon would get. All right, Mike, final thoughts on Elijah Mitchell and maybe just the running back position overall on the slate. Like, are you predominantly looking to go Mixon and McKinnon in that same game? It sounds like we're a little bit scared off Cam Akers. So talk about all of them. Yeah, it's a super interesting uh, question, obviously. I, I'm out on Mitchell. Um, I'm out on the 49ers running back situation. If I'm going to play anything there, it's going to be Debo or it's going to be Kittle. And then I would likely just play the 49ers defense as I feel like one of the running backs has a big day. It's correlated to the defense, at least being serviceable on the small slate. 
As far as the running backs, Jarek McKinnon is number one right now for me. Uh, I expect him to be heavily involved. I mean, just go back and look at the passing work volume. Like I expect that to be there mostly regardless of game script. Um, you know, we'll watch reports. If it, look, we get some crazy report that Daryl Williams is just absolutely expected back and to have his normal role, then we might have to pump the brakes a little, but I'm not expecting that at all. Uh, so as of right now, it'll be him and acres just because of acres price point. Um, however, one thing that I will be doing that I would definitely recommend take a stance on one of Travis Kelsey or Tyree Kill in a Patrick Mahomes lineup and then play both McKinnon and Clyde edwards -Hilaire. They have scenarios where they give the running backs still a lot of goal line work. They're both able to catch passes. They're both able to pick up big chunk plays, especially against this defense. So one build that I will be using in a tournament will be Patrick Mahomes, Jarek McKinnon, Clyde edwards -Hilaire. And then the fourth player will be either Hill or Kelsey, but not both of them. Uh, I think that'll be a very interesting way to try and capture the majority of Kansas City's offensive scoring. Yeah, and then I imagine you have a lot of Bengals on the other side there too, so everyone's going to be playing Chiefs and Bengals. Are people going to be playing both Chief running, running backs together? Probably not. So yeah, that's that's a way for you to get different within that game. The Don Sneaky Pick here, Brandon Ayuk at 5K. So he's going with two wide receivers on the slate, Brandon Ayuk and Byron Pringle in that earlier game. The prop for me, tight ends. Tyler Higby, I'm going over 39 and a half receiving yards. I've already bet this. I know it's a tougher matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. I respect their defense. They've done a good job against tight ends. However, they didn't do a good job against Tyler Higby the last time they faced off. So he had a really big game in that one. 55 yards, two touchdowns. The target share has been massive since week 16. Second on the team, 22%. I like Tyler Higby going over 39 and a half yards. See who you got here. Yeah, I mentioned it before. His target share in the playoffs, 22%. He's getting some red zone targets. But I think more importantly, so I don't really know how the San Francisco secondary is doing what they're doing. Obviously, it's 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 somewhat a result of the front seven being so good, and, and that's going to help anybody. But I do think there's the possibility that some receivers get loose against this secondary. And while obviously the the obvious one is Cooper Cup, I absolutely could see a scenario where Odell Beckham gets loose against the secondary on multiple occasions. So I kind of have two bets here. One is just more for fun and one is like a real prop. Over 51 and a half receiving yards for Odell Beckham. Uh, I do like that. I I'm going to be taking that. That's likely going to be one of my props on tomorrow's show. But here's one that I think is really interesting. If you think Odell Beckham can get loose against this secondary, which, which I absolutely do, there is a prop. In these, in these types of games, when you only have a, like a two-game slate, they, they put out some extra props on, on a lot of different sites that maybe they, they don't always. And most receiving yards for a receiver in this game, not in the overall slate, but in this Rams-Niners game, Odell Beckham is plus 850. If he gets loose on an 80-yard bomb, you might be able to just – or he doesn't. it doesn't have to be an 80-yard bomb, but you see my point. If he gets loose a couple times, you can absolutely cash that at plus 850. Obviously, Cooper Cup is going to you know, lead there. Debo Samuel is going to have short odds. But I think Odell Beckham – honestly, I think that line should be like plus 500 at most. Plus 850 I think is a really good line I'd capture it if I were you. All right, a little sprinkle there on Odell sprinkle. Beckham. Just a sprinkle. Don't get too crazy with it. Mike, what are we looking at in terms of player props in the spot? For me, it's going to be Cam Akers, and I'm going to be playing his combo prop, 86 and a half yards, and I'm taking the under. I like under 86 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. Uh, this is sort of a hedge that I do during the regular season somewhat frequently. Uh, I think it's a great spot to do it here. His price point at $5,000 makes it hard to ignore him in DFS. 
even though I don't want to play him that much, I'm going to end up playing him just because the computer tells me I'm going to have to, and that's just the way I play. However, I don't like I, I don't like what I see there. I think that there's a chance that he could lose some of his workload in this game. So the solution here is to bet under 86 and a half total yards. If he goes over 86 and a half total yards, factor in a catch or two and the probability of scoring a touchdown, he scores enough fantasy points that it likely pays off or doesn't hurt me in DFS. If he ends at 82 yards, for example, falls short of his prop, I cash that. The 82 yards and the added probability of the touchdown is still likely good enough to not hurt me in DFS, and it's a really positive situation there. If the scenario happens where he just loses his workload, only has 30, 40 yards in this game, hurts me in DFS, I cash the prop pretty easily. It offsets the DFS entries. I just think it's a really, really good way to play Cam Akers this week. Under 86 and a half combined rushing and receiving yards. All right, so we're looking for that DFS betting cross middle somehow where where he has a good game for fantasy scores a touchdown but we keep it under 86 and a half total yards i like that quite a bit he had 68 total yards last week and that came on 27 touches are we expecting 27 touches again as good as tampa bay's rush defense is the 49ers are even better as i mentioned the lowest yards per carry to running backs in the nfl this season i like that quite a bit i think i might i might jump on that with you as well here, Mike. We're going to wrap there. For Sia and Mike, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Football Today at DFS. We'll be back again next Thursday for a very early look at the Super Bowl. We'll look at some props. We'll look at some DFS as well. We will see you then. 